This episode is sponsored by British Travel. British Travel specialise in travel between Australia and the UK and Europe. They offer payment plans on their flights, so you can book now with British Travel and pay off your trip over 12 months. Go to www.britishtravel.com.au If you want to know what it's like to live in the countryside down under, this lady will tell you all about it. Hi, I'm Maz and I moved with my husband and my daughters to Australia in 2016. Maz has a YouTube channel called The Bam Famalam, which she shares with her husband Ben and their three girls. And I am a Brit Australian. <laughs> the family moved over from a small village in Kent and they now own 10 acres on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. So what made you start a YouTube channel? Well, we kind of started a family channel. So the initial intention was just to kind of, I guess, record our lives. And then we did this one video about our move to Australia. It was pretty early on in the channel's um, life. <laughs> so I think we're about four or five weeks in. And we did this video about our move to Australia. And all of a sudden, people started watching it. And so that's why we ended up doing more videos. It was just because that's what people were really interested in. And so we thought, okay, people who haven't moved here, they want to see more. They want to know what we're doing. They want to know everything about life in Australia. Yeah, it's so hard to get a feel for what it's like when you've never been over here before. Did you find that there wasn't much of that around when you came over? Because... I don't remember there being, you know, YouTube channels or or any kind of social media back in 2011 when I moved over here. There weren't those things um, when we moved or we didn't see them anyway. I certainly did not see anything on YouTube like that. And Ben and I, like most people that want to move to Australia, completely obsessed over Australia. So we would watch Wanted Down Under, which was a show in the UK. We watched Home and Away religiously. And we also joined Facebook groups to speak to other people who were doing the same thing. Anything Australian, we consumed it, but we didn't see anything on YouTube. And I think that's the great thing about YouTube is that you can, I guess, help people by just living your life. The great thing about what we do is they're getting to see, you know, the problems that we have, the wonderful experiences that we have. You know, they get to see someone living their dream life. They see someone else doing what they want to do. So we're not like, you know, a polished reality TV show. We're just us. <laughs> oh, I wish that existed when I came over, I tell you. What would you say is the average number of views you get per video? One that we had in the last few months has gone up to 100,000 views. I mean, that's I think that's the most we've ever had on a video. We seem to have a solid following of probably over 3,000 people who watch us week in, week out. So, I mean, that's a decent number. Oh, that's brilliant, Maz. And are they all Brits who watch your stuff? No, no. Funnily enough, I thought it really would be, but... Probably about half of our viewers, or maybe a bit more than half, are actually Australian, so either expats themselves. Um, I mean, we can only see it by location, so we don't know whether they're people that have moved to Australia or whether they're just Australians. There are people that just love Australia that watch our channel, and there are also people who are looking to emigrate or people that have emigrated that just love to, I guess, reminisce or see what our experience is. Yeah, right. And so what are the most popular 
videos that you've produced so far? Um, I think the most popular one was our Six Strangest Things video, so Six Strange Things About Australia. Oh, I did one. So I ended up in hospital recently and I did a video about my hospital experience here in Australia and that seemed to get quite a few views as well. (laughs) Oh, bless you. But we show a lot of the area of where we live. So we show a lot of the Sunshine Coast, occasionally other places that we visit. And just generally, we're, we're talking about our life experience here. And how does your life here differ to your life in the UK? Well, I mean, obviously, we've we've got the obvious sun. Um, that makes a big difference. We did have our girls at home. So our girls were very young when we moved over. So we had a lot of family support. And I guess that's that's one of the real differences is that we don't have that family support here. Yeah. Um, I guess we had a reasonably comfortable life in England. We lived in a lovely home in a lovely village in Kent. So life wasn't really that bad. Yeah, okay. So what is it that made you want to leave there then? I um, fell in love with Australia when I was very young. My sister used to put on Home and Away for us and I just couldn't get enough of the beaches and I always wanted to go to the high school there. So when I was 14, I went to school in Australia. I asked my parents, please, can I go there? And they said yes and pretty much chucked me on the next plane out. I didn't know that that was a thing that you could even do that. So you can, if you live in the UK, you can go to school in Australia for a while. Yeah, well, the international homestay programs are a massive thing in Australia. I didn't do an international homestay program. I just went directly to a boarding school. And I just dreamed of Australia for the rest of my life. I just wanted to be here. You know, when as I kind of got older, it was kind of like, oh, well, I've got kids now. And, you know, I met Ben and he one day said to me when Mia was a baby, he, so Mia's our, our youngest, he said, I really want to emigrate to Canada. I said, I don't flipping think so. It's cold. <laughs> what are, you, are you insane? <laughs> We came to a bit of a standoff with each other. So I booked a holiday to the Gold Coast. (laughs) So that's how that one got sorted out. Oh, poor Ben. (laughs) And why did you choose the Sunshine Coast where you are now? It was actually because of work. So initially we came over to the Gold Coast on our recce, which is where we decided to move over to Australia. Then I came back on my own on a separate recce once I'd got some stuff sorted out that we needed for visas. So when I came back, I was searching for work to try and get a set up before we moved out. And I managed to get a job in the Sunshine Coast. Oh, nice one. And do you like the Sunshine Coast? We absolutely love it. It's a lot quieter than anywhere we'd lived before. And to be honest, if we had have got a job offer in the Gold Coast, we would have taken that first because it was more what we were used to. We were used to somewhere quite lively. But now that we're here, we absolutely love that quietness. It's fantastic. So when you first came out, you lived in suburbia, not far from the coast. What made you sell your first house and move inland? The house prices rose massively around here. And so it's just a really good time for us to sell. And we got this acreage property. And so now we live a little bit more rurally. We're about half an hour inland. And it is such fun. Can you explain to us what the difference is between your old house on the Sunshine Coast and your 
new house? Um, so the new property that we live on, I think it's 60 times the size of the one that we used to live on. So we used to live on a 700 square meter block. It was a five bedroom detached home with a swimming pool. It was very nice and it was in a beautiful suburb, I guess like an estate style neighborhood with lots of other houses. And now we have moved on to 10 acres. It's called a hobby farm. So the previous people that lived here had cattle. They had lots of chickens. When I say lots of chickens, they had 300 chickens and a number of cows. We don't have any crops or animals. So we're just like plastic farmers living on this farm. (laughs) (laughs) We don't really have many neighbours. We've got two neighbours and they're about 500 metres away from us. Do you get bushfires out that way? Thankfully, we've not had one where we are so far. However, where we used to live, we were kind of smack bang in the middle of a number of bushfires. So is that your, sorry, that's the house that you were in a suburban area quite built up? Yeah, there's a lot of national park around that area and the whole bush caught a light. Um, it was a few streets away from us. So our house didn't actually back onto bushland, but a few streets away it did. And so the fires came up to their back fences. Was it scary? Yeah, it was, but the rescue services are incredible. And so I never really worried too much. I think the scariest thing was actually for our relatives because in one of the fires, we lost all internet. And what I was unaware of was that the fire had become international news. So all of my family knew about it. And I'd lost internet. And so I didn't realise I had all these messages coming in to check I was okay. Did anyone lose their homes around you? We have heard of um, people losing their homes in fires that were local to us, but that particular fire, no. What about on the property that you're on now? I've seen on some of your videos that you've come across some snakes. Mm. (laughs) I don't know how you can be so relaxed about it. So the scariest incident was a few months back, I came home, let the dogs out in the garden and one of them was really barking and prancing around. I went out and there was the biggest carpet python. Oh no. After about half an hour, it started coming towards the house. So what I do know about snakes is that they don't like vibrations. So I whacked up the drum and bass. And I tell you what, this snake liked it. It came up my house and started going up my drain pipes. Oh, you're joking. So at that point, I was at home on my own. So I called the snake catcher. There was one morning, we had terrible floods earlier this year, and I did not have my contact lenses in. I looked up above the blind and there was this black thing. And I said to Ben, what's that black thing above the blind? He said, oh, that's a baby snake. You're kidding me. He picked up the back end of it and was just, he got a glove on and he was just trying to do it so it wasn't biting him. It was quite a little snake, so it wasn't too bad. Well done, Ben. Oh, he's so brave, isn't he? And what about the spiders out there? Oh, there was one, probably about one and a half to two times the size of my hand. It was huge. I've never seen anything like it. And that was in our back garden. Wow, I could not cope with that. Um, But you do get some cute animals as well, don't you? Like you do seem to get a lot of kangaroos out your way as well. 
Oh, we do. We've had, we have eight that visit our property and they are beautiful. I love them. And there's a couple of real big ones. They look like they're on steroids. <laughs> They've got the biggest muscles. Ah, oh, I don't think you ever get sick of seeing kangaroos over here, do you? So um, how old were your girls when you came out here? So the youngest one was two. Um, the next one up was three and Lily was 10. And do you think that that was a good age to bring them over? Um, I've got to say, I don't think it really makes any difference. I mean, my children have been brought up to be adventurers. That's how I was brought up. And so if you get the opportunity to do something, you blink and well go and do it and you do it with a really good attitude and you embrace it. Yeah, true. And did they settle in easily? Um, the two and three years old, sometimes they didn't even know they were in Australia. They quite often would say, can we go to Nan's and go and get a biscuit? (laughs) So we'd call Nan up and, you know, that was fine. And the 10 year old, I think the first school that she went to, she didn't settle in straight away, but it was maybe just a clicky school because the next school that she went to, which was about six months after we'd moved, she thoroughly enjoyed it. She settled in on day one. She loved it. Oh, bless her. And would you say that all of your girls associate themselves as being Australian now? Yes. Yes, they yeah. do. I actually, so I, when um, the Queen's funeral was happening, I made them sit down to watch it because I said, you really need to see your culture. You need to know where you come from. You need to know all of these things. They weren't interested, Anna. Really? I forced them to stay up all night. <laughs> Did that But does that make you sad that your girls maybe aren't going to get much of an insight into your culture that you grew up with? Oh, as far as I'm concerned, they are going to get that insight, whether they like Mm. it or not. They might have not been happy about staying up all night to watch a funeral, but I made them (laughs) because it is important to me. So it's not a case of they're not going to because they're not interested. They're going to whether they're interested or not. Yeah, okay. So they really do. They are really quite Aussie, aren't they? Yes, they are. And if you hear them, everybody says they sound Australian. Do you ever get comments on your accent? Because you've got a slight Australian twang. My accent is all over the place. And (laughs) the funny thing is, I think that's with most expats. It can depend who you're speaking to. It can be dependent. You know, if you've just had a chat with your family members, you might all of a sudden sound very English. If you've been listening or watching English TV shows, you know, we watch a lot of English TV shows. And so I might sound more English then. But then I could be at work with someone Australian and all of a sudden I sound like I am Australian. I think we all get a bit of a muddled up accent. It's not um, It's not one way or the other. It's, it just becomes a mess. <laughs> I find it cringe. I'll come off the phone and Ryan knows exactly who I've been on the phone to by the way that I'm talking, which accent I've got. <laughs> Is there anything that you miss about the UK? I guess, although I don't miss it, I've become more interested in culture. So I am more interested in the royal family. I am super excited to one day go to London as a tourist, which I wouldn't have thought of those things before because I just lived there, you know, and it's just the normal. But now I just, everything fascinates me. Yeah, me too. It's like you become a bit more patriotic and a bit more British when you move away, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it's weird. I miss shops. So Mm. I 
really love shopping in the UK and I like when I go back I am so excited to just go into Tesco's the (laughs) first day that I'd been back to England since we moved to Australia I woke up at five with my jet lag and pretty much skipped into Tesco's and everything's so cheap (laughs) it's the variety we just don't get the variety in Australia I mean that's fine it is like we can get what we need but to have that again is just thoroughly exciting (laughs) I just love looking at the sandwiches you know they're like the Tesco meal deal section I just love it you sound like you're absolutely bonkers like saying this kind of stuff but truly like my suitcase when I came back to Australia was full of laundry detergent (laughs) can you imagine if customs stopped you with that I had enough for two years Brilliant. I love it. Final thoughts. Any advice for people who are looking at moving out to Australia from the UK? Any uh, words of wisdom? Do you know, you just have to embrace it. So you move to a new country and you embrace a new culture. Don't worry about what you used to do. You just have to be flexible. Definitely. Well, since this episode was recorded, Maz and her Bamfamalam have dropped a bombshell about their latest move to the country. Find out what's next for them on YouTube or you can follow them on Instagram. All the links are in the description wherever you're listening to this podcast and on the Brit Australian website. When as Brit Australians are missing home, the number one thing that cheers us up, according to a poll on our Facebook group, is to watch some good old British telly. Are you a Brit Australian and feeling a little bit homesick? Well, you're not on your own. Come and join us on Instagram and Facebook and be part of our British expat community in Australia. All the links are in the description wherever you're listening to this podcast. Every time someone listens to an episode, it's classed as a download. The more downloads that Britstralian gets, the more we can continue to push out podcasts. Please support Britstralian by sharing this episode with a friend. This episode is sponsored by British Travel, which specialise in travel between Australia and the UK and Europe. Whether you're a Brit looking to emigrate or you're a Brit Australian needing a flight home, check out British Travel. They offer payment plans on their flights, so you can book now and spread the cost over 12 months. British Travel is owned and run by Jenny Bardsley, who's originally from Manchester and is now based in Perth. Jenny has more than 40 years' experience as a travel agent, both in Australia and the UK. Find British Travel on Facebook or go to their website www.britishtravel.com.au All the links are in the description wherever you're listening to this podcast and on the Brit Australian website. You can hear Jenny's story on season one of the Brit Australian podcast.